Thank you so much for joining us. This is Ellen Kamai, the natural nurse. And as always, we're wishing you the best. Dr. Zamperone and I love bringing you natural alternatives, the natural nurse and Dr. Z. And we've actually had this show on live on the air since 1987. And this past weekend, we had so much fun with a group of you, many of our listeners, about 30. We all met in downtown Chinatown, and we did our 32nd year of doing a tour in Chinatown, which was an incredibly interesting day. We all had so much fun, and we went around to many of the um, apothecaries down in Chinatown, and we actually go to one where we go underground in the belly of the beast in the basement in Chinatown where they actually have an incredible FDA Chinese herbal factory. It is a, just a beautiful thing to behold. And Dr. Zamperone, who's like 6'4", <laughs> he has trouble walking around down there, but I'm 4'11", so I could just scoot around. Anyway, we had a lot of people there, and then we went to a Buddhist temple. We did Qigong in the park. We learned all about different herbs, both patent medicines, as well as plants that grow right outside, like we visited a ginkgo biloba tree. And we post a lot of these things on our YouTube channel. And of course, you can always go to naturalnurse.com. And on the front of the first page, you can join our mailing list so you get a newsletter about our up and coming events or some people don't like to get more emails so you just go to naturalnurse.com anytime you want and click on events then you'll find our up and coming events like right now we have one coming up very soon this very month of October and if you miss it then we have our classes on our on-demand site, our on-demand site is Natural Nurse Academy. And by the way, our classes grant CE units. So if you're not someone with a medical license, like if you're a nurse, a massage therapist, um, a acupuncturist, uh, RD, registered dietitian, um, clinical nutritionist, Everyone who needs CE units to maintain their license can take our classes and get CE units for them. But if you don't have that and you just want to learn, let's say you want to learn about ear infections, natural support. Maybe you're a parent and you have little kids or maybe you work in a center or maybe you just get uh, ear infections and ear inflammation. So we have a class coming up on natural support for that. And we also have a little video online that you can watch that's sort of a, a pre premiere of it. And then you can find out what we're going to talk about mm -hmm. there, which of course we're going to talk about nutritional, herbal, homeopathic, massage techniques, and other natural therapies that you can do yourself while you watch and wait. You know, the allopathic doctors say now to watch and wait when people are diagnosed with most ear inflammation uh, to see if it gets worse because of the overuse of antibiotics, which has created havoc and all kinds of really deleterious things um, in children and others. So if you'd like to know what to get ready for yourself or your family so that you know how to naturally support this problem, you just take our class. 
And like I said, you can take it live. We do it on a Sunday morning, October 27th, 9.30 to 11. But if you sign up for it, you automatically get all the slides and the link to the live lecture, either to come live or anytime after it's done. Or you can take it anytime on On Demand at Natural Nurse Academy. We also have an interesting on-ground lecture in person, and that's in Pompano Beach. And um, we'll be doing that on in November. So we'd love you to come to that if, as well. It's posted on the website at naturalnurse.com. And then we have a very, very important lecture coming up in November. And this is about if you think you would like to have as part of your business, selling natural remedies that let's say you make yourself, you like to make herb teas and all your friends try your teas and they go, oh, that's delicious. And guess what? Beep. You can't sell that. You can, but you have to know the FDA and FDC regulations for herbal products. And they are massively, massively increasing, even as we speak. And one after another, just yesterday, I was looking at Etsy and people had posted, oh, no, um, they took my products off Etsy. Yeah, they took them down because they're totally illegal, according to the FDA and FTC. But Small producers don't know the rules. And let me tell you, that's like saying, I'm going to drive under these red lights. I didn't know you have to stop. Do you get off? No. And the fines are huge. And they go to people's houses and take their products, take their computer and, you know, give them warning letters. But they don't have to give a warning letter. You're lucky if you get a warning letter and you just disappear. But they're really being more and more aggressive. So again, saying you don't know does not get you off. So if you feel or you know someone who is making herbal products to sell them, I suggest that you join in on our class. It's called Stay Informed FDA, FTC Regulations in Herbal Products. And they are increasing. And I've been doing regulatory in the herbal products industry, really since 1994, because I was very involved in Washington, and that is when they started putting in the DSHEA Act, Dietary Supplement Health and Education Act of 1994. So I've been involved with regulatory since then. Now we also have a great trip coming up, and that's in March. Looking ahead, so you can go to naturalnurse.com and scroll down because we have our Echo Tours for Cures the education vacation where we actually go to the maroon country on the island of Jamaica. Also up and coming is the American Herbalist Guild Yearly Conference. And you can check that out at the American Herbalist Guild site. And you can attend in person, that's in Colorado, or you can attend virtually as well. So all kinds of wonderful things are there for you to learn more about herbal medicine. Maybe you want to become an RH, a registered herbalist. We work with lots of individuals on that level where we put you through that program so you can become an RH. So with that, we're going to bring on our guest today. And our guest is Dr. Sally Fryer Dietz. 
and she is the founder and director of Integrative Pediatric Therapy and Integrative Concussion Therapy, and she's heralding from Dallas, Texas. Sally lectures and teaches nationally and internationally on sensory integration, developmental therapy, craniosacral therapy, which is really interesting. I took that so many years ago with Dr. Upledger at the Upledger Institute. Um, she talks about concussion rehabilitation and the efficacy of combining traditional and I think by traditional, she might mean conventional, I'll ask her, and natural treatment methods. She has written two books. One is called When Kids Fly, Solutions for Kids for Children with Sensory Integration Challenges. And the one we'll be focusing on today is her brand new book, Sensory Processing Solutions, Drug Three free therapies to realize your child's potential. And it just came out this year. So we're very, very excited to speak with Sally Dietz. Welcome to the Natural Nurse and Dr. Z, Sally. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. So I'm wondering if if you can speak a little more. I'm not he hearing you real well. So okay. I'm hoping the engineers are. So can you hear me now? I guess so. We'll we'll see. I hear you <laughs> enough, so we'll hope you okay. I'll try and I'll try and yell. <laughs> Not yelling, but just you know. I know. I'll 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 speak up. So. Now you're the founder and director of Integrative Pediatric Therapy. What is that? So it's a multidisciplinary clinic here in Dallas, Texas. We have physical therapists, speech therapists, and occupational therapists. Uh, we all work together. Um, we have lots of different uh, therapies that we specialize in through our practices. Uh, that, so we're able to really, a family can come in with their child and have all of their child's therapeutic needs met in the same place, not have to drive all over town to get speech therapy in one place or feeding therapy somewhere else or occupational therapy or cranial sacral therapy or any of these things. So it's a, a multidisciplinary clinic with, with lots of treatment options. So that's really very interesting. And I do have my grandson who's 12 um, has a lot of these issues in fact, but we have just wonderful organizations here on Long Island that he's eligible for, that he gets many of those therapies that you were talking about, which we you know, certainly do find helpful. But he used to live in Florida, because that's where my daughter lives. And you know, there was like nothing available. So would you say any of those things are provided like through Medicaid or are these only for you know, people who can self-pay? Well, it's, it's kind of interesting. When I started my clinic here in Dallas, I had actually just moved from San Francisco. And I had, in San Francisco, I'd worked in a hospital as well as in a learning and development clinic where we did sensory integration therapy. And when I got to Dallas and my own son, who was five years old at the time, um, there was nobody, the only option that was offered to him was medication when, you know, his teacher that's a I can talk about that story in a minute but um he was diagnosed with ADHD at five and he really I had worked with children with all kinds of attention problems before and I did not see 
the same things that his teachers saw. But I went to his pediatrician who wanted to put him on medication right away. And I looked for other alternatives um, in the area and there was nobody, nobody out there doing what I had been trained to do in California. So over since I was in 1992, since then a lot has changed. There's more and more practices um, you know, available as more education has gotten out there and physical therapists and occupational therapists working together um, on a more of a holistic developmental approach and sensory integration approach rather than um, some of the more conventional, you know, and traditional therapies that you see in those practices. Um, well, thank you for that, Sally. That's a good explanation. I do want to just jump in here because I am a big stickler on this point, as my listeners who have been listening to me since 1987 know. Uh-huh. Well, we use the word traditional, and I invite you moving forward to consider this. Okay. The word traditional are for therapeutic modalities that have been used safely and with a great deal of efficacy for thousands of years. So that would include things such as herbal medicine, botanical medicine, shamanic ritual, prayer. Yes, it does not include allopathic medications, which have their place. I'm a PhDRN. There's definitely room for even drug therapy in some of these situations. Yes, and I don't I don't speak about traditional as it relates to medication because we don't deal with medication in our clinic at all. Um, it's more the way in physical and occupational therapy, there are treatment modalities that are taught in school that are traditional in the sense of those therapies. Um, so that's the context that I use that. that okay, and term. those could still be very helpful, I imagine, along with your intervention. Correct. And that's why you you want to have a foot that is, um, you know, planted in mainstream, mainstream science, but too many people get limited by that. And I believe that the more options that you have available to you, there's no one one way that works well for every person you know there um we use really a combination of things for every single child there's no you know set protocol for treating this one particular thing that somebody's worried about um it's really looking at the child as an individual and figuring out what are the different things that are affecting them and how can we help support that natural development and bring out the best in those individual children. And that's such a wonderful path. Let's go back in time and visit with little girl Sally. Okay. Um, What do you think led you to the path that you are on now, helping so many people with your profession? Well, as as a child, my own personal experience, I was probably one of those kids who had never you know, been diagnosed with anything because they didn't do that back then. I'm I'm that old. <laughs> but I I was frustrated as a child. I couldn't, you know, I had terrible handwriting and I was never, you know, able to perform as well as um, my teachers thought I should, certainly in grade school, which is when, you know, a lot of these things get picked up. 
And back then, um, I was fortunate in that I lived in California and I had a very active family. So we did a lot of skiing and we did a lot of outdoors things that helped to integrate my my body better. Um, but the only options for school stuff were, were tutors. And I can remember even with handwriting, the pain of having to sit there with a teacher and have her make me write letters over and over and over and over again. And I think too many kids get turned off to school when they're you know forced into doing a skill and it's a just a skill specific therapy um that you know because you can you can learn something with enough repetition but what happens to the joy of child development and growing and and experiencing you know life in those situations so there's just there's other ways to do it that are a little bit more holistic where you can really bring out the best in kids and uh, enhance their joy rather than trying to you know put them into a, a a box. So that's where it started for me was my own personal experience. And then in high school, I you know I always would you know babysit and work with kids, and I taught you know embroidery at schools and you know little things where I had a lot of um, interaction with children. I was a camp counselor, and I just liked working with children. And I went to college I, as a child development major. And I learned about physical therapy and my parents wanted me to go into medical school to become a doctor. And I thought, well, I'd be a pediatrician because I loved kids. And but then as I learned more about physical therapy, it, it was about really helping people and coming up with solutions for um, how can you how can you bring out the best physically in a child? Um, and I just got excited by that. It was like my natural calling. And from there, I went to medical school to become a physical therapist back in the in the old days in San Francisco at UC San Francisco. And, um, and then I, I started working in a hospital for 10 years and developed uh, lots of programs for kids. It was really at the forefront of learning and development programs. Um, I was involved in cardiac rehab and got to develop cardiac rehab programs for children with the first heart transplants and did a lot of, um, you know, medical based therapy working with kids. And then when I moved to Dallas and had my own children, uh, it became much more personal for me because these were my kids. And, you know, I saw things differently from the perspective of a parent. And that's really what drove me to open my clinic was that alternative to, you know, that experience that I had shared with you before, but having more options available and, you know, working with kids that are actually super smart and have everything going for them, but they just are misunderstood in so many ways. And, and then when you're practicing these various therapeutic modalities and techniques, I imagine you see such wonderful results, and that's really exciting. Absolutely. I I had a little boy once who I was working with on a, we do a lot of, even the cranial sacral therapy, we do it on swings, and it's very um, engaging and, and uh, playful. And so I was working with him doing cranial work on a, on a platform swing, and he said, he asked me, well, what do you do for work? And I said, well, I got to work with really cool kids like you. And and uh, 
And he said, well, then you never have to work a day in your life. And I thought, boy, are you a smart kid? <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I think everyone, if they are doing their passion, it doesn't really feel like work. I mean, it's That's what right. I do all day long, all day long, from six in the morning till 11 at night, holistic medicine. It's what I've always done. Yep. And so it doesn't really feel like going to work. It just feels like doing your life when you have yep. something that's like fulfilling. And I, I really recommend that everyone kind of try to find whatever it is that is their dream, because yep. you can usually do something around that, which can also be a profession. Yes, absolutely. I feel very, very fortunate. And, and like, I don't even think about retiring because I love what I do so much. So. Exactly. Now, let's look at your new book. It's called, uh, it's got a beautiful name in <laughs> terms of Sensory Processing Solutions, Drug-Free Therapies to Realize Your Child's Potential. So do you find that a lot of these kinds of children who have a different way of aspecting are still being put on medication? Um, yes, they are. It's come a long way from when my son was five. Um, but I still see medications as often being the first um, choice of treatment rather than exploring what a child can really actualize on his own. And, you know, that's where I am really most passionate is with that early intervention and helping kids early on really have their bodies working the best way they can for them to produce their own neurotransmitters rather than supplying them with a medication to do it. Because it way too often, and you probably are aware, you know, have seen this personally yourself, but you'll have a child who's on a medication and everybody gets all excited. They think, oh, he's doing so well. And five months later, it's not working anymore. So they put them on. And worse, and worse, because they also very right. often have various side effects. All the Even side effects. All of a sudden, it's like their digestion is always off, you know? Yes. And the there's other behavior issues that result as a, you know, as, as a result. And I actually saw this very personally because at the time when my son was five, I was married to a physician and he was very allopathic and he was in support of medication. And this is before, you know, I was able, it was before I opened my clinic, but it also prompted me to opening my clinic. Um, and so we tried medication with him and I saw the side effects and I saw yeah. the joy go out of my, you know, funny little, you know, five-year-old. And he became very withdrawn and focused and serious. And, you know, that playfulness was um, just kind of stifled. And then he would explode when he would come off the medicine. And then he got depressed. And it was a terrible experience as a parent to see that. And I, I, you know, was committed to change that as as quickly as I possibly could. And I did. And he's grown up to he's, you know, 36 now and a very successful attorney. <laughs> so Isn't you know, that wonderful to see. That's right. I mean, you can you can get there, but it it takes a parent as an advocate. And, you know, to be an advocate for your child, you need to know what your options are out there. And there are lots of other options besides the medication. 
Well, thank you, Sally. And we're going to take a little break here um, and listen to the Natural Medicine Chest. But before we go, I want to tell our listeners that you're listening to The Natural Nurse and Dr. Z right here on Progressive Radio Network. And our guest today is Dr. Sally Fryer Dietz, and she's the founder and director of Integrative Pediatric Therapy and Integrative um, concussion therapy in Dallas, Texas. And Sally, what is the best website for people to find you at? Um, it's www.iptkids.com for integrative pediatric therapy kids.com. And then for the concussion, it's concussion therapy.com. And for those of you who are listening live today, we always post our bio and live links so that you can very easily find our guests. We will be right back with more right here on The Natural Nurse and Dr. Z. On this edition of The Natural Medicine Chest, we'll discuss Sarsaparilla or Smilax officinalis. Sarsaparilla is a tropical plant which grows in South America, Mexico, and Guatemala. Although most Americans are familiar with it as a flavor enhancer for root beer, it has also been used for its beneficial properties for hundreds of years by many different cultures. In Roman times, the young shoots were eaten, and the mature vines were worn as garlands at festivals of Bacchus. According to ancient Roman writings, Sarsaparilla originated when the beautiful maiden, Smilax, was turned into a shrub after her love was slighted by the young crocus. Sarsaparilla was brought to Europe in the 16th century by Spanish traders. A French physician, Nicolas Monardus, published a comprehensive account of sarsaparilla as a treatment for syphilis in 1574. During Portuguese military operations in 1812, a British inspector general of hospitals noted its positive effect on syphilis patients. It has also been used in China for treatment of the same condition. Sarsaparilla was included in the United States Pharmacopeia until 1950 as a recommended treatment treatment of secondary syphilis. Sarsaparilla's medicinal action appears to be a result of binding bacterial endotoxins in the gut, thereby decreasing their absorption. This greatly reduces the stress on the liver and is likely responsible for its historic use as a tonic and blood purifier. In a controlled study of 92 patients published in the New England Journal of Medicine in 1942, a chemically active component of sarsaparilla called sarsaparin greatly improved psoriasis in 62% of the patients and resulted in complete clearance in 18%. Sarsaparilla is often recommended by naturopathic physicians for gout, arthritis, and psoriasis. Another folkloric use for sarsaparilla is as a tonic for male sexual potency. So, if you want a root beard flavored tea with a long history as a healthy tonic, reach for the sarsaparilla in your natural medicine chest. And welcome back once again to more right here on The Natural Nurse and Dr. Z. We're so happy to have you with us today. And the best place to find us is at naturalnurse.com. There you can go to all your favorite places, be it Instagram or Facebook or 
Twitter or any of those things. We have all of that, but it's easier to just say naturalnurse.com. And also that's really where we post most of our events rather than on Facebook. So naturalnurse.com events is how you can join all our classes, such as our up and coming natural therapies for ear infections. So you get ready for the fall and winter season. Always better to have those things available. Plus all of our classes have CE units for anyone who needs to keep up with that in terms of their license. So we'd love to have you join us. And thank you so much for listening to Progressive Radio Network at prn.live. And of course, this show is available on every podcast venue as well. So I notice I put that in my phone and they all pop up here. It's just an amazing thing. I don't know what to say about that. But today we have as our guest, Dr. Sally Fryer-Dietz, and she is the founder and director of Integrative Pediatric Therapy and Integrative concussion therapy in Dallas, Texas. And you have so many things that you've studied, Dr. Sally. What is V2FIT? You are V2FIT certified. I don't know what that means. Oh, V2FIT is a uh, concussion uh, rehab certification course that focuses on vestibular rehab and functional vision. And the combination of vision and vestibular functioning um, as it relates to head injury um, or anything, you know, symptoms of that as a result of illness or, you know, there's different diseases that can cause vestibular dysfunction. But it's it, what's so interesting about it is with children with developmental issues, we work on the same systems, the vestibular system and the functional vision piece. And that's where the concussion and the pediatrics really overlap because you have a lot of the same of sensory systems that we're working with to help the body work more effectively. Just different etiologies for why, why, you know, they aren't working as well as they should be. Right. So it sounds like you are constantly learning new techniques that you integrate into the therapeutic modalities you might um, use at your center. Absolutely. I'm one of those those uh, people, this probably is what drove me into this in the first place is that I, I don't let any grass grow under my feet. I'm really, you know, looking for what are the best ways that we can help um, support kids and not get used to the status quo. There's too much of that out there. And, you know, I think, you know, with natural medicines and uh, herbal remedies and homeopaths and acupuncturists, and I mean, every, we all work together and it makes it just makes a big difference you know like i said before there's no one magic treatment for you know a group of people all together the same because we're all so different so you're in dallas texas are there organizations similar to yours like with cranial sacral therapy and with v2 fit because i would be looking for someone in florida how would someone find um someone near them, or are you able to offer these kinds of therapeutics virtually? Um, well, we're we're pretty unique in that we have such a comprehensive group. I have 20 practitioners I work with here, so we all have different specialties. Um, there's five of us who do cranial sacral therapy who are actually up-ledger diplomat um, certified. Three of us are up-ledger diplomat certified. And... Um, you know, there, there's 
in Florida, you can certainly find good craniosacral therapists because the Upledger Institute is there. Um, for working with children, what I would suggest is to Google sensory integration, just because that is an approach that really works within all of these disciplines. And PTs and OTs who are trained in sensory integration therapy typically will have a little bit more um, global approach or holistic approach. Uh, I think we're very unique in that, you know, we do, we have, you know, just, we, we have so many people in one place. It just makes it really easy here. We, you know, we offer. Um, but so you do it, what you're doing though, it's mostly hands-on. It's, it's not something hands -on. you're going to do, do on a computer. Yes, we do do virtual. Certainly with the pandemic, we did a lot of virtual, but we still also saw uh, kids in the clinic. Um, and we can do consults virtually, but, you know, working with children, you really, you need to engage them one-on-one. -on -one. Well, and let's talk about, you know, what, like you, the name of your book is sensory processing. So let's go a little bit more deeply into what that even means. So when it comes to learning and development, there's three primary sensory systems that really affect and set the stage for how all your your higher skills. And those are the vestibular system, which is your balance and your coordination. Um, it also affects your speech and language. Um, there's the proprioceptive system that affects your muscle grading and how you do things and your motor skills. And there's your tactile system, which is how you perceive touch um, whether it's real touch or just, you know, almost a perceived touch, not even actual uh, touch. And those three sensory systems are constantly working with each other in trying to balance each other out. And when we have children with, um, with learning challenges, 95 or more percent of the time, you will find there's a deficit in at least one or more of those systems that causes the whole nervous system to be a little bit out of balance. And the way you treat it is by working through those sensory systems um, based on the child's response, which is why you really need to do it one-on-one, -on -one, um, at least to get to know the child so that you can make recommendations for them to do at home. So sensory processing is how you take in this information and sort through it in order to be able to perform higher functioning skills, whether it's learning or motor coordination or uh, behavior or any other kinds of things. So are these things that if someone were to get your book, and I'm looking at it right now, it's a beautiful book, in what way is it helpful in terms of self-help if people don't have access to you and your clinic? So um, I do go into lots of things, uh, preventative things, especially with infants. Uh, more now than ever, we are seeing children who are being um, overswaddled for too long, and that's setting kids up for sensory motor delays and inhibiting certain primitive reflexes. That wait, wait, have. wait, wait, wait. <laughs> yeah. Let's define those terms because, of course, okay. it's your language. 
So yes. what is over swaddle? Swaddling. So when a new when a baby's born, there's a common practice where babies leave the hospital and parents are taught how to swaddle their baby, which is wrapping them up very tightly so that they sleep in one position, um, which is these days sleeping on your back. But what many times pediatricians and hospitals and nurses fail to tell them is that this is not a long-term thing. And I'll have parents who will come in here who will have still swaddling, wrapping their babies tightly at four months and even older of age. And they have what's called plagiocephaly, um, flattening of the head in certain positions or a torticollis, which is a, um, a tightening of the neck muscles. And it's it can be completely prevented by having more movement early on and getting babies on their tummies earlier. Um, so I do talk about that in the book and and just kind of some good preventative things from the very beginning. Um, also, that's about, interesting because I don't think I ever heard anything about swaddling. My kids are like in their fifties. I know. Well, when my children, <laughs> and were, I don't think we yeah. did those that then, did we? Yeah, they, they didn't, and I don't know who came up with the idea that it's a good idea to swaddle for a long time um, because it's not developmentally. Um, but there's, you know, there's a there's a big push out there by different groups for getting babies to sleep through the night really early when they're not ready to sleep through the night. And you think about early attachment and the bonding that takes place and feeding babies, their tummies are very, very tiny. They're about the size of a walnut and they need to eat more frequently, shorter periods of time throughout the whole day, including the night. So a practice is to swaddle the baby to see if they'll sleep longer periods through the night and uh, it it interferes with that the bonding it interferes with um, feeding practices i'm also a lactation consultant so we see a lot of um, you know babies with lactation issues that can be easily solved and you know there's lots of lots of support out there for different problems that come up and it you know, the first step is awareness of, oh, there are people who are out there who can help you. And who can you go see to get the kind of help that you need? What do you need to look for? Right. And, and you're talking about concussion rehab. That's a different case where there actually was some kind of accident or some kind of injury. Correct. And with concussions, it's, you know, there's been a lot more awareness in the last 10 years, which is a good thing. Um, but way too often concussions get swept under the, under the rug. It's kind of like, you know, the wait and see approach and same thing with developmental issues. There's a lot of wait and see that goes on when you can really be making a difference early on. If you get the right help, um, with concussions, what happens is, you know, if there's different symptoms that can come up having to do with your vestibular and which is that balance and coordination and your visual systems and your brain will accommodate after a while but if it doesn't accommodate fully in a um its most functional patterns then you can develop learning challenges later five to six months later 
um, you can develop headaches, you can develop, um, there can be coordination issues that go along, attention problems that go along. And you think that you've recovered, especially with a child, because they don't talk about it. Um, and then we start seeing these problems showing up, you know, six, 12 months later, and it's directly related to those earlier head traumas. Um, so if you can, again, find the right kind of help early on to sort out, are these problems there? And if they are, that's a gift to figure it out and get it treated early. Because yeah, that's, that's very good sense. advice because I know with my grandson, he has an IEP, an individualized education program. Uh -huh. And I think that's amazingly helpful. Absolutely. But, yeah. you know, in the and then this whole discussion, a little bit political about, you know, when they talk about school choice. Right. So I went to interview a lot of private schools and, you know, they may look fancier. But uh -huh. they don't have to initiate or do or keep up with that entire IEP program. So that what he goes to a public school, gets excellent intervention. And, and I think a lot of that is lost in, right. in um, private schools. And there's no mandated busing. Right. I do I speak to that in, in my latest book as well. Um, because, you know, a lot of the children that we see do go to private schools. And... Um, you know, therapy is expensive and, you know, depending on what the needs are of the child, in many cases, it is, it's better to spend your money having them go to a, a public school and using that, the money that you'd be spending on tuition for your private therapies to augment your school-based therapy if you, you know, have that ability to do that's that. true but you know that it depends on your state like you're saying right. And right i don't know about texas i would say it's probably not that progressive just from what i see of texas yeah. but here in new york it's unbelievable the amount of programs that are available to my grandson and the amount yes. of individualized in school that he gets and home-based that the school pays for yes. like he gets an yeah. aba therapist to the house twice a week so, you know, it's it depends on where I mean, he has to stay here in New York because of these programs. Right. Absolutely. And it depends on um, it depends on the state. And it also depends on the issues the child is having. And this is where, you know, the diagnosis comes in, um, because in many states, if you do have a diagnosis of autism, which is severe SI dysfunction, um, then you do qualify for way more services than, say, the child who um, has some learning differences in the classroom that aren't terribly severe. They're not a you know behavioral issue. Those kids might only qualify for therapy twice a month, and that's not enough. That is so important what you're saying, you know, in terms of the parents learning curve, like right. I'm very involved with my grandson and I help out with all of this. Right. So I was able to find out and it was true that actually getting a, a diagnosis of developmental disability opens more doors than autism. Yes. So he has both. He has developmental disability, which he really has, but I had to find the right doctor to go to to investigate and, and know the code to write it correctly. Right. It's extremely right. um, complicated. 
Right. And that's where your private therapist, too, can be really helpful because I know, you know, we do very comprehensive sensory motor evaluations and it gives the parents and the physician a lot of information about what that child is doing developmentally on all different aspects. And and it, uh, you know, too often things get put off until a child is six, seven, eight, and they are sent and get a uh, intellectual battery, but that doesn't tell you what the underlying sensory motor uh, functioning is, and that is so yeah, that's where that's where it all starts. You've got to look. We're going to take another way. little break right here because we would like to, to allow Progressive Radio Network (PRN.LIVE) to uh, speak to our listeners as well. And when we come back, we will be continuing our our discussion with. Sally Fryer-Dietz, who is the author of Sensory Processing Solutions, a beautiful book. I'm looking at a copy of it here that can really help parents and others understand a lot of what's going on and drug-free therapies to realize your child's potential. And it's uh, brand new. And we will be right back with more right here on The Natural Nurse and Dr. Z. The official word on the mRNA vaccine is like plucking daisy petals. It works. It doesn't work. It works. It doesn't work. It works just long enough for you to get another booster. Number three, four, five, six. Is the booster bamboozle a billionaire bonanza or a bioweapon? What does it do? What doesn't it do? Surely we do need to know more. With progressive radio voices, you find out about the more. You keep up with all sides of every story. You get uncensored scientific research. You get unbiased exposure to the corporate government billionaire interlocking partnership of control. Information from PRN is not being pinched off, not being cherry-picked. There are no misdirection decoy stories. Information is flowing at ever-increasing rates. Search the streams and search the waves, and you will find the only way you really can keep up is when you are with PRN.Live. Tune in every Friday at 1 p.m. for The Baseline with me, Jeremiah Hosea, where we talk about culture, politics, the medical freedom conversation, and we take your calls on the people's airwaves. PRN dot live. Tune in to Women Rising Radio on the Progressive Radio Network 24-7. You'll hear voices of women and girls on the cutting edge of leadership, covering the most critical issues around the world. Sundays at noon and podcast on womenrisingradio.podbean.com. Our latest program... 
The United States controls some 800 military bases in at least 80 countries. Resistance to the U.S. military presence is growing as people around the world want to know why the U.S. is arming and training their country's military forces. And there's growing concern in the United States about the toxic pollution and sexual violence at our military bases, both home and abroad. Women Rising Radio spoke with women exposing the disastrous effects of the U.S. military presence worldwide. Are you ready for the Great Reset? Would you like a microchip implant? Or do you want to be downloaded into a microchip? How many implants will each person get? How many downloaded people can fit into one microchip? Is your future afterlife inside of an Elon Musk microchip? Keep listening to Progressive Voices. Get continuing updates. Get real details about the Great Reset on PRN.Live, the home for Progressive Radio Voices. Welcome back to more right here on The Natural Nurse and Dr. Z. We love to hear from you. So go to naturalnurse.com, and that's a really easy way to get in touch with us. From there, you can look at our YouTube channel, Facebook page, you know, on and on and on, all those places. But um, you can find out more on how you can get trained to add natural therapeutics not only into your life personally, but into your profession. That's one of the things I love to do. It's called career paths in natural health. And even people who are trained, let's say, in graphic arts, and that's what you're doing now, but you would like to be surrounded by a natural lifestyle, you can do graphic arts for any of the nutraceutical companies or the other natural health food associations. So even though you'd still be doing the graphic art, your day would be surrounded by something that perhaps you find more interesting. So there's always ways to move your career path into something that's more of a self uh, degree of self-satisfaction. And today we have someone who actually is doing that, and that's Dr. Sally Fry and Dietz, and she's the founder and director of Integrative Pediatric Therapy and Integrative Concussion Therapy in Dallas, Texas. And Sally, I know that you must feel so fulfilled when parents find you, and then you can see a big difference in their children. I know you write about Absolutely. that in your book. Absolutely. <laughs> In, in the, you know, now I've been a physical therapist um, for over 40 years. And since I opened my clinic in 1992, I have many children who have gone on to, you know, go through college and are coming back with their own children now. And it's, um, it's just, it's so great just to be able to see uh, the, the impact that it makes on on kids and parents and families and and really providing the the sort of help we kind of become part of the family in a in a way because we see these kids for a long time so it's it's pretty awesome 
It is, because you can see actually an improvement and an increased sense of self-satisfaction and also, you know, maybe getting off some of those therapeutic drugs if they're on them. Although I'm sure you don't mandate that. I mean, it can start some of these other integrative therapies along with the pharmaceuticals if need be. Right. Our big thing is we really um, believe in parent education and having uh, lots of communication with parents and teachers and physicians and working as as a team. Um, and like I said before, I really feel that when we start with these holistic medicines, not medicines, therapies, um, we're able to make such a difference that a lot of times kids don't need to go on medication where, you know, 30 years ago, that would have been the only choice parents were given, which is what happened with me and my own child. It was only medication was it. And right. I just couldn't believe that that was all, you know, that's where they wanted to start with a five-year-old. It just didn't make sense to me. Well, of course, in conventional medicine right now, that's what they do with everything, which is right. Everything actually, wants a quick, they want a quick fix and there, right. are, there are no quick fixes. Uh, yeah. It would be great if it actually was a quick fix. <laughs> yeah. The closest thing to a quick fix that we do is craniosacral therapy <laughs> and uh with you know again depending on what the issues are but i you know when i first started doing cranial work it was um you know the, i kind of went to take this class so i could tell people why i didn't think it would work because i couldn't imagine how light touch could make such a big difference and uh when i came back to, you know, after that first class i was kind of like well i don't know what this is but there's definitely something to it and and now um, as a diplomat certified cranial psychotherapist, I can tell you, I mean, there are times that we have had, especially with concussion, they come in and they feel horrible and they leave feeling like they're smiling. I mean, they it's just such a lift of that that brain fog. So, you know, there that's that's the, the best silver bullet that I have, but it really helps to augment so many other therapies too. And I do want to remind people that we will have live links to all your Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, and website. Okay. Um, but if you're just listening, a good thing to remember is I, P as in Peter, T as in Thomas, kids, IPTkids.com. And I'm sure you can get to all those other things by yes. doing that as well. Yeah, you can. So it's a lot of great information, and I'm so happy you were able to actually put it together in a book that's a wonderful resource called Sensory Processing Solutions. And I love that you start with drug-free therapies, although if people are using drugs, they can use these therapies also. Absolutely. And you have a great... Um, glossary that has to do with a lot of the things that people probably are dealing with with when especially when they have children like this like hypersensitivity um hypotonia all kinds of of terms that makes it more easy to speak even with the doctor about if if your child is having these issues yes so that was great so thank you so much for offering this book and for all your wonderful work and okay. hoping that, you know, you continue on that path. And what are some uh, ending words that you might like to share with our audience? Um, just that I, I truly believe that there are no limits 
the only limits are the ones that people put on others or people put on themselves and that every child has the potential to really bring out the best in themselves. We all have our own innate potential and any way you can tap into that is a gift in itself. So thank you so much for joining us today and being our guest today, Sally Fryer Deeds, and for your wonderful book, Sensory Processing Solutions, Drug-Free Therapies to Realize Your Child's Potential. And if you're not a child, there's a lot of good stuff in there also, because there are adults that have been, you know, didn't have, I would say, um, the support because of where they grew up and no one ever heard of these things before. And yet they have some of these issues now and struggle along with while something like cranial therapy could help them. Absolutely. Yes. So thank you listeners for joining us once again for another edition of the natural nurse and Dr. Z right here on progressive radio network. You can find our shows on PRN dot L-I-V-E. And you can also always find us at naturalnurse.com. Dr. Zamperone and I have written many books. You can look up there and we have links to archives of our radio shows, all kinds of YouTube videos, and loads of classes that you can take for CE credits if you're a health professional or just to take for your own edification and interest at Natural Nurse Academy. So until next time, this is Ellen Kamai, the natural nurse, hoping that you stay healthy.